Greetings, true believers. When we last checked in with our intrepid Dub Talk crew, they found themselves battling against foul language, which threatened to scare away their younger listeners. They also battled their way deep into spoiler territory, risking life and limb to avoid ruining any show that they hadn't finished. But now, our group of audio adventurers faces a daring new challenge. Will they be able to survive an onslaught of mediocrity in order to give a balanced review? Or will they succumb to the terrors of poor direction, lackluster acting, and questionable writing? Find out on the next exciting episode of Dub Talk, The Reflection Excelsior! True Believers, and welcome to Dub Talk, a show where a bunch of heroes get together and talk about a recent dub or dub announcement. Uh, today, coming off the heels of Tiger and Bunny, we have a special treat for you all. Special in quotation marks. Very, oh, absolutely. very special. Uh, we four brave souls all sat down and watched all 12 episodes of Stan Lee's latest foray into Japanese animation, The Reflection. And boy, do we have opinions. Very some, strong opinions at that. Some more than others. Um, so with me today, we have Jet. With great power comes great responsibility. Jamal. I think I've reached a new low in anime. And of course, the immortal Spaceman Hardy. How much am I getting paid for this again? Wait, you're getting paid? I thought I was. That was in my contract. Wait, I'm not? You have a contract? <laughs> Was I? You you don't? Hardy, okay, okay. We, Hardy, we'll we'll talk about this Hardy, later. Hardy, we're not paying you to talk about anime. We're paying you to take pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Parker! <laughs> Alright, so I got a plot description for you for The Reflection coming off of Funimation's website. Uh, it happened suddenly, a worldwide phenomenon that took numerous lives and forever changed those who survived. The Reflection reformed the world and gifted many with power. Some use it for good, others for evil. But why did this happen, and what does it mean for the future of the world? The shocking answer awaits you, which I'm still waiting for, because yeah. they never actually... <laughs> Uh, they never actually explain either or. Yeah. Uh, 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 it doesn't work as well with Sam and it. <laughs> this sounds awfully familiar to me. Like, I've seen this somewhere before. Hmm. Hmm. This sounds... People, re people receiving powers and getting ostracized for said powers. Seems vaguely familiar. Da, 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 wait, wait, wait. Who, who, did, you, who did you say was running this show again? Like, so, like Red B or something like that? Yeah, so, truth be told, it sounds like a pastiche of, like, every Marvel franchise ever. Oh, joy. Yep, and who did you say was running this show again? Some, some guy named Stan Lee? Stan Lee? That could be anyone. <laughs> Is his last name Yelnats? <laughs> so, yeah, it's not really particularly original. But, oh my god, it... 
the look of it is just unlike anything I've seen in anime, though. It's, it's horrible. Uh, I don't dislike the look, but it's a very interesting, especially when I consider what uh, what the director was apparently going for with this. Uh, because the direct because the director is known for taking very interesting visual approaches. Uh, because uh, I feel like everyone might remember the last show this person did. A little thing you might know as Flowers of Evil. Never heard of it. Wait, you you, really? you, you really haven't heard of Flowers of Evil? You, you didn't? <laughs> so, okay, uh, so... What's in, uh, what's in that Studio Dean as well? I think... I It might have been, I do not remember. Because, yeah, it, it was basically they shot an entire live-action drama... And then rotoscope the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically waking life the anime. Yeah, it, like, like, yeah. I actually like. I actually really liked that approach, but uh, much of the internet did not. So no, <laughs> and that's a shame. I wish there was more things like it. Yeah. Okay, okay, but yeah, but anyway, he has a very interesting approach to visual. So for this, he apparently wanted it to look very much like a comic book in motion. So that's why the show looks the way it does, and I can sort of appreciate that. I feel like it doesn't look particularly great, but I think it's an interesting aesthetic to go for, at least. Well, I mean, it's Studio Dean doing an action show. You can't expect it to look pristine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are some moments where I think like it really kind of captures the aesthetic it's going for, but then other times it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this would look better if it was just like straight animation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, Hardy, you had an interesting comparison to make for this. Oh, yes. Uh, it doesn't really look very much like anime to me. What it reminds me of is a lot of the old MTV animated cartoons that aired yep. back in the uh, you know late 90s. Uh, shows like Aeon Flux or The Max or something like that. It, fit, it would fit in a lot better uh, with those types of shows. But we'll get back to that on my final thoughts. Mm -hmm. But that's, yeah, very that's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah. Liquid television. There... Okay, there we go. I was about to say liquid television. So we might as well get started with our ADR staff. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Ready as I'll ever be. Same. So for directors, we actually have three. Uh, from the from the Funimation press release. Um, I think there was a fourth one on IMDb, but I <clears throat> neglected to completely look it up. Um, we have Arn Fromm. Isaac Simmons, and Matt Murray. Who? Now, interestingly enough, um, while Matt Murray has done work for Stanley's Power Entertainment in the past, uh, none of the three, according to IMDb, have any sort of voiceover or sound direction credits. Boy, that's played a lot. And um, as for the scripts, um, Matt Murray also handled those. And a uh, uh, while he hasn't done any sort of anime in the past, according to IMDb, um, you might have seen his writing in the form of Stan Lee's Lucky Man, The Bracelet Chronicles. Oh, okay. Never heard of it. Honestly, me neither. Until I was doing research for this project. Uh, so, Jet, your thoughts? Uh, Alright, okay, so I'm just going to go out and say the direction on this show is not very good, to put it mildly. 
Okay, and I, like, it sounds very rough around the edges, like the actors aren't really being given enough direction as to what to do. And it's kind of a shame because, like, while I have issues with how some of them sound, and we'll get to that later, I feel like I feel like with proper voice direction, this might have turned out to be something okay. Okay, uh, but as it stands, it just sounds very awkward, kind of like almost kind of more like a fan project than a professional dub. Which I know that's kind of it's kind of insulting, but that's just kind of how it sounds to me. Like I mean, in a lot of ways, it sort of reminds me of how Ruby season one sounded, but even that sounded better to me, and that kind of says a lot. But, uh, yeah, not really a fan. Jamal, your thoughts? I feel like this is a show I'm not gonna watch again. Like, as much as I enjoyed some semblance of it, I, I'm not gonna watch it again. Because the whole thing about the direction, because I think you told me, Roots, didn't they use storyboards to direct this? Um, I think... S- Probably. <laughs> somebody had mentioned to me that somebody had noted that's the, uh, I guess the production photos that they had on Funimation's press release for the cast. Yeah, list. I'm looking at it right now. They it looks like they did use storyboards, and that's the problem because maybe it's because they're new to this, but that is the wrong approach to take with dubbing an anime. Uh, not, not true. That that can work sometimes it, it, if you have a good enough director. Like they did that for Kurokami, that turned out pretty great. Also, I think they did that for Space Dandy. They yeah. did do it for well, Space Dandy. Well, yeah, but Space Dandy they did before the Japanese released it, so they could have done it simultaneously. Or, but at the very least, at least they had finished work to just go ahead and dub it with this. I'm looking at it, it looks like I'm just seeing a whole bunch of line art and stuff. It's like how. How? Like, yeah. and then like, the Japanese kind of have to do that, so it's not really. What the Japan? What the Japanese had to do that? But don't forget, when you're dubbing, we're dubbing. We're trying to replace the language from the Japanese, so we have to match flaps. The, oh, oh, and that's another thing oh, too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a part of the yeah. If mm-hmm. I have to notice lip flaps, that is a huge red flag, because if for comparison. Juden Chan, like I've watched their dub, and there was sometimes that I started noticing problems with lip flaps because they sound like they start stretching syllables. But at least they managed to make that dub cohesive. Here, it's completely disjointed, and I can't really enjoy it. I mean, they um, they have problems emoting, they have problems matching lip lip flaps. Hell, they even have problems with the dialogue in general. Like, I I. I, 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 I don't like it. I do not like it at all. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I remember the other weird thing I forgot to mention, the accents. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, that's probably going to be on, like, a case-by-case basis as we go through the characters, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Hardy. Yeah, Hardy, you've got the opinions here. <laughs> well, in the words of the great Mr. Horse, no, sir, I don't like it. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. And it's for a lot of the same issues that you are, guys have already brought up. The lip flaps just do ma- not match up. Um, 
everything is just the acting in general is just poor and it's and the writing is awkward and stilted this is just this is just a disappointing project in general um and if it is true that they were dubbing this using storyboards just like space dandy see space dandy was done well because they had a talented team who knew what they were doing and these three directors with no experience prior to this trying to do something as you know daring as dubbing something from storyboards that's just not a good idea and this this is a first time project for all three of these guys and you can definitely tell there's just no experience behind it and the entire project suffers because of it there there's really no excuse for a show with this much hype because they were pre hyping it up pretty big uh, there's no such there's no excuse for a show with this much hype with this so many talented people behind it to put out a product that sounds this poor and that's what i have to say on that this a dub like this in the current age really should not exist it should not be allowed to be produced like this and i'm saying that as kindly as possible it's it's just a it's a disappointment all the way around absolutely now <clears throat> in the japanese um lip flaps really aren't as big a concern as they are in the u.s so if if it is in fact true that the reflection crew did end up using storyboards and animatics i mean it kind of explains it explains the why but it just yeah, but see, here's the thing. When the Japanese dub anime with storyboards, they usually have at least more than two people together in the room to interact with the scenes. Right. And then they animate afterwards. Here, we have to follow that animation and replace the dialogue. That's what ADR stands for. Automatic Dialogue Replacement. Exactly. Also, I, I do have to kind of bring up the inexperience of the directors. Because, you know, we bring up Space Dandy, we bring up Kurokami. Who directed those? Michael Center Nicholas for Kurokami, and Zach Bolton and Joel McDonald for Space Dandy. All three of those individuals had done anime for years before the idea of even trying to dub an anime as it was airing in Japan was even considered. They knew what to do with the lip flap data. They knew what to do <clears throat> to get proper emoting out of their actors. And it shows. Mm -hmm. It's... And I really hate to be hard on, hard on the crew because I would really like to see... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'd like to see it tried again. Yeah, this, I could basically describe this entire dub as take it back, do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. the steak is just a little too pink. <laughs> In fact, it's still kind of blue and, and greasy and bleeding on my plate. So. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's still alive, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's still in the cow. <laughs> no, it, no it's, still, it's still alive. It, it's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, I'll, 
I'll have some more opinions on on the direction and the writing. Oh, actually, you know what? Um, I do have to say the stilted dialogue was probably the biggest issue I had with the show. Mm -hmm. It's like with the, with the writing and the direction, I had a problem with this with Bleach. It's where a character would just start talking. And then in order to fill the lip flaps, they would take random pauses in the middle of the dialogue. Yeah, okay, okay. I feel it, like, in fairness, that's partially the fault of this show in that case, but... Mm -hmm. We've seen and that... that's true. We've seen that in other quote-unquote good dubs like Blood Plus and Fate Zero as well. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fate, yeah, Fate Zero is a whole other thing I don't know to get into. <laughs> Alright, but, um... And as for the scripts, uh, for the most part, they were okay. But one character in particular, I had a lot of issue with the writing for, and I will bring that up when we get to her. Mm. Oh, and one other note. Episode 11. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> I saw what you were talking about now, Roots. Yeah, like, I, I, I almost couldn't believe it when I heard it. That was just so the, I I had I feel bad because it's a very mean spirited joke that I ended up making in the group chat for the reflection mm -hmm. for episode 11 as I was watching it um, it's an episode where a bunch of reflected gather and the military is kind of shooting at them and they retaliate several of them Sounded like Muppets. Yeah, like, I recall one that vividly sounded almost exactly like Kermit the Frog. Hey, stop like, shooting I... at us here! <laughs> tell you what. It, <laughs> Why are there so many helicopters with missiles firing down on our, on our heads? <laughs> Well, I'm Rolf the dog. Why are you shooting at me? <laughs> uh, Anyways, are we are uh, we good to move on? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, I think we're good. Mm -hmm. Um, so our first set of characters, I might as well get the big one out of the way first. Uh, sort of one of one of the big henchmen for the main bad guy. Uh, it's a name you probably heard. Maybe uh, so. Goes by the alias of Mr. Mystic, but he's also credited with an actual human name. And that name is Stan Lee. Who? Who plays Stan Lee? Yes. <laughs> well, I let wonder. Let me tell you who plays Stan Lee in the dub of the anime made by Stan Lee. Yes. And, 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 it's Stan Lee. Yes, because because it wouldn't be a Stan Lee project if he didn't make a cameo somewhere. Yep. Excelsior. Yeah, so yeah, I recall he I recall he even had a little character in Ultima, which was really weird. Except that, that yeah, um, except that, that when he was a main villain, and that was also really weird. <laughs> also, I kind of wanted to bring up in this section. Um, there are four girls in the show who are from Japan, basically come to America on a field trip and end up 
doing something. Uh, they're basically the idol group who sings the ending theme song. Uh, let's see here. I've got Anna up. Let me look up their names. Uh, Do Hiro, uh, Hiro Kanae, uh, Sayaka, and Uki. Uh, in the dub, they are played by the idol group Nine Nine, who also played them in the Japanese. It's basically the same dialogue, from what I can understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> just just moved over in for the dub. It's subtitled in everything. (laughs) I think this is the first time to where they actually left Japanese characters, uh, their dialogue in Japan, even for the English dub. Yeah. Like, yeah. And given like, and given like the reason why they kind of affected how the show, I thought that was actually a really nice touch. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, of all the dubs problems, I thought that was the thing that kind of made it sound a little bit more authentic. Right. Yeah, out of all the things, all the bad things I have to say about this this dub, uh, that was one of the things I did enjoy. It was a nice touch. It really helped with the immersion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, pretty much, I kind of set the standard for the show, because they, they were so fluid when they were speaking that everything else just sounded staggered to me. <laughs> Yeah, and that ending song of theirs that was so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that that was a really nice ending theme song. I really wish, you know, they had actually done animation for it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Interesting thing to note is that the song itself was written by Trevor Horn. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Who also oh, by the way. who also co- uh, cameos as himself uh, in an episode. And he does, like, the entire score. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Including, like, probably one of the most earwormy songs I've ever heard in anime, <laughs> Sky Show. <laughs> yeah, because the show mm. will not let you go, like, ten minutes without hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back on track here. Yeah. Um, Stan Lee, you would probably know from just about every Marvel movie ever. You would probably know him in just about every movie ever. Is he cameoing in this episode? Who knows? Yes, I'm secretly Stanley. I'm sorry I lied to everyone all this time. <laughs> yes! All this time? Clutch the pearls, what a sneaky thing to do. Uh, Alright, uh, so are we going to get the thoughts now? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you start with Jet? Alright, okay, uh... Okay, so, like everything else in the show, I'll be honest and say that Stan Lee did not sound very good. Okay, but in his defense, I mean, I'll say this much, like, despite the amount of cameos he's had of his various movie projects and whatnot, we all know at this point that Stan Lee is not, like, really an actor. Like, he's a cool guy and everything, but he's not really an actor, so... Okay, I mean, so aside from the idea of him cameoing into the show, I wasn't really expecting too much out of this. And this was about what I kind of expected. It's just Stanley being, well, Stanley. I mean, I, I mean, maybe with a little bit of actual voice direction, this might have been interesting. But otherwise, it's just it's it's Stanley. Uh, okay. And again, as far as like the idols go, they were frankly the best part of the show. <laughs> like I thought their interactions were really nice. I kind of 
Okay. I got a little chuckle out of the image interacting with um, eye guy at the end of the show. I thought that was pretty funny. And so, and so, yeah, I really like that. And, so, and again, and again, they had, they frankly had some of the best acting out of this show, which is a little sad, but true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, that's basically it for me. Yeah, Stanley's just being Stanley. I mean, any any cameo you ever seen of his in the movie would make things a little awkward. But you gotta wonder why, and then you realize it's Stanley. Ain't nothing he can't do. He can't do. But yeah, not one of his better moments. As for the idols, I agree with that. They pretty much are the best thing of the show. I'm just sorry that the story doesn't develop them any further and explain the whole connection. Like, you see them mentioned in the background. You see cutscenes to them, but it never ties together why they are involved in the show, how they are involved until the very end. Yeah, that was really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it felt almost more like a contractual cameo than, like, an actual story thing, which is kind of annoying. Alright, Hardy, what's your take? <sighs> okay. I have nothing but respect for Stanley. Stanley is an icon. Stanley is a legend. He is not an actor. And even in other shows where he has appeared in, like on The Simpsons or, or other animated features where he's done voice work, he was just voicing himself. Here, as well, as the narrator, it's fine. All Stan Lee has to do is go, previously on the reflection and Excelsior. And that's fine. That's just Stan being himself. When he has to play a character, though, it's it just does not sound right and it's it's one of the just it's just like a the most basic deadpan line read that you could expect and i mean it's i i can't get too hard on him for because he's a legend and and he's just basically stanley being stanley but i mean it, it it takes the immersion just completely out of it because it sounds right reading for his character, it sounds like he's trying to do a narration when he's not supposed to be doing a narration. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Maybe if we had better direction, they'd be better. But I mean, it's, it's just Stanley, so you can kind of let it go. But I mean, I was, I was kind of disappointed. As Mr. Mystic, as the narrator, it's fine. But as this character, Mr. Mystic, it just, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, one thing also to kind of note about Stan Lee's uh, Marvel movie cameos, they're just that. You know, blink and you miss it. He maybe gets one or two lines a movie. <clears throat> you know, you can really... I, I don't know. He, he's there to show up. And I... I like Hardy, I can't really be hard on the guy. Because he, he's a really respectable... Respectable person. However, comma, it, it was a bit too big of a role, in my opinion. And even even in the cartoon, the Marvel cartoons where he's had a cameo, it it wasn't more than a couple minutes. He had a couple lines. Actually, one of my favorites. Uh, I wear them front. Oh, man. I wear them back. I wear them inside out. And, and I'm just... And, <laughs> Man, and I was just thinking to the one thing I wish he had cameoed in because I wish I had gotten the job. I wish I could have cameoed yeah. in here, man. Like, 
he had his own character in Hero Man. He was like the copy guy. Like, hey, we didn't even have to say much either, but we don't have a dub, and I'm sad. Hey, Joey, how's about a cup? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, like I like his narration for the episodes. It it feels like it's supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And you know, I also kind of have an issue with the character of Mister Mystic in and of itself. Because he really doesn't... He's like the communication beacon between all the bad guys. Yeah. It was weird because, like, at first I figured, like, okay, he's probably the big villain. I mean, it's Stan Lee being, like... Because the last couple of anime-related things Stan Lee did, like, he was the main villain in Ultimo. So I figured, hey, he'll probably be the villain here, except he just exists for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame. Yeah, I mean, I know it's weird considering we're saying that he kind of, like, didn't do much of the time he did have, but I mean, yeah, why is it his character just exist? But I, I do have to say, in in the defense of it, at the very least, it was one of the roles that didn't have much in the way of lip flaps. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's really true. That is very true. So, moving on... Can we all just agree that the idols were probably the best part of the show? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, yeah, that's unanimous there. All right, so moving on, we have um, two more of the mooks of the, of the main villain. The bat-like Deadwing and the so-called Russian ninja Flaming Fury. <laughs> uh, uh, so we got the not-human torch and something, I don't know. Yeah. And, the, and not man-bat. Yeah, okay, anyway, that's what that's what I was thinking about that. I was trying to do yeah, a Marvel because... theme, but okay. <laughs> uh, well, it's hard not to. Oh well. True. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right. So, um, playing Deadwing, in addition to being one of the uh, the directors of the show, is Arn Fromm, who, according to IMDb, doesn't actually have any other acting credits outside of Deadwing. Uh, and of surprise, surprise. And Flaming Fury is played by Layla Berzins, who, in a break from a lot of the actors involved with the show, has actually done a role in anime. Oh, really? Oh. That makes sense. Uh, she plays Miluki Zoldik in the 2011 Hunter Hunter. Huh. Oh. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, the, uh, oh, oh, oh okay. Like, I had to, I had to think for a second. I was thinking of the wrong Zoldik. Yeah, Kiel was courtly um, okay, gamer brother. Okay, yeah, I, I actually hear that now. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. that makes sense. That that makes sense to me. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So Jet, why don't you take us off? All right. Uh, so as far as uh, dead wing goes, uh, so yeah, keeping in the trend, honestly, didn't sound that good. It was just kind of like a really weird generic. Mook boys, like the most generic Mook boys you can imagine. And it was really weird too, especially for how like big that character ended up being. Like, because you figure it was just going to be like a one and done character, but no, he's there for the entire show. He gets like a big thing where he kills all of my guy's friends, and yeah. So okay, so for as big a role as that was for him to just kind of sound like a generic Mook was really weird and. Kind of annoying. Okay, and then as far as like the whole like Russian ninja thing, 
It's like, okay, like, I did not like the accent. It just felt very distracting. Uh, but, like, okay, but Layla herself was kind of fine. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I can, def I can definitely hear, like, the whole me-looking thing now that you mentioned it. Because it did sound kind of familiar to me. Uh, but, yeah, I thought she was fine, not, like, great, but she at least could... Type kind of sounded like something professional compared to everyone else here, so I was pretty okay with that. Jamal, uh, Deadwing, despite being in the entire show, was not really memorable to me, to be honest. Like, I, obviously, because it was uh, the performance, but even then, I kind of had trouble getting into it. Uh, Layla is the Flaming Fury. I it, it took some time getting used to a little bit. More time and more time and so on. But I kind of like the accent a little because the Russian accent made her look like her character. Like she big and strong like bull. But yeah, it, it was sparse. But for the moment you do see it was kind of okay. I, I, I'm glad you told me she is actually better in anime because that would make a whole lot of sense why her performance got better as time went on. And... Uh, it took a little too much time, but yeah, that's the fault of the direction. Party? Well, Deadwing, just like you guys said, he doesn't stand out very much, even though he's supposedly one of the major villains in the show, or one of the bigger henchmen. And it's just, yeah, it just, in general, most of the actors just do not sound that great, and this is no exception. Uh, as far as Flaming Fury goes, it was one of the less obnoxious accents in the show. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you can tell... Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's still pretty bad, but it's when we get to some of the future characters, it's cake compa in comparison. <laughs> So, yeah, you could definitely tell that she at least had some prior experience in, um, with, you know, she had some experience in comparison to the rest of the cast, actually. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I have to say. Russian accents are very difficult to pull off in general and to make yeah. them sound authentic. So. Yeah. Okay, so my opinion of Deadwing. Honestly, I think it would have been fine if... God, I am so sorry, <laughs> but it would have been fine to me if this were done for a kid's show. Mm -hmm. If the reflection were for kids, the sort of screechy Digimon-y voice given to Deadwing would have been appropriate. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Considering this, you know, people actually get killed pretty horrifically and violently in the show. And he kills and them. I, <laughs> and he's the one who does it. Uh, it. It's just incredibly out of place and distracting in the times he's actually in an episode. And I have to agree with everyone on Flaming Fury. The Russian accent is okay just barely on the line of passable it is just on that hair of obnoxiousness but otherwise the the acting in and of itself gets better over time 
and you just kind of kind of get used to it. It's actually not the most. <clears throat> it's actually not the most agreeable accent of the show. I will get to that later, though. I'm actually kind of okay with Flaming Fury, and I'm glad I found out that she was actually in Hunter Hunter, because that actually goes a long way to explain. <clears throat> mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 Like I definitely hear like watching mention that, but before that, I was just kind of like, oh. <laughs> Alright, so next we have um, we have the main villain, Wraith, mm -hmm. who is just sort of this enigmatic, shadowy figure, shows up in the last couple episodes, but his name is dropped basically since the beginning. A.K.A. not Magneto, A.K.A. not Galactic, not Galactus. Yeah. yeah, he had a lot of... A lot of design features that were reminiscent of a lot of Marvel characters. He also he had, tried he to also suck has, the life out of people. He also has a single most confusing character, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, not we're not going to go into the whole major spoiler thing, but, I mean, because one of... You know, I know we do spoilers on this show, and I know this show isn't particularly good, but, I mean, I think it's a significant spoiler that we shouldn't mention it. Just beware yeah. that it's it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. And who else do we have? Uh, we have his main henchwoman, um, basically a a reflected able to manipulate metal, uh, named Steel Ruler, aka if Shredder and Sub Zero had a child. No. Okay. 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 okay, okay no. No. It's Shredder and Storm. Yeah, even better. With Magneto's powers. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Alright, so um, Steel Ruler is played by uh, Yasmina Shaw, whom, according to IMDb, I was not able to find any other acting credits. And um, Wraith is played by Demetrius Conley-Williams, who, again, I was not able to find acting credits on IMDb. <sighs> Alright. A lot of newbies in this cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So he is indeedy, and you could kind of really, really, really tell that with Ray because yeah, that was that was like some of the most like try hard villain acting I've ever seen. And it didn't, it didn't help with the dialogue. He was there where it's kind of ready to go on about the darkness and all that stuff. <laughs> and it's not it it exactly like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've got to. I've got to call one thing out on the darkness before you continue. Go ahead. Like while we're talking about Marvel pastiches, like it is a total thing, thing, boom, like a total rip off no. of both uh, Dormammu and Fing Thing Foom. With a bit of Galactus thrown in. Yeah, with a little bit of Galactus Ooh. thrown in for good measure. Yeah. Anyway, continue, Jet. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. So like I was saying, it sounded incredibly goofy, like way more goofy than terrifying, and it just did not work. It didn't help that the character was very stupid, but we won't go into that too much. <clears throat> I mean, as far as Zero Roller goes, yeah, I didn't really find the acting that great of that either, but to be perfectly honest, I kind of barely remember what she sounds like, because she didn't really speak that, that much. I mean, uh... 
I mean, and then as far as the character herself goes, she also just kind of existed. Except for the brief moment where they tried to give her a backstory that I was, like, very confused on because they didn't really give enough context. This, uh, this, I, I mean, like, yeah, I really didn't get what was going on in that backstory, like. I mean, like, I couldn't tell if they were implying she was, like, crippled or if she was big, definitely insulted. But, uh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, but, uh, uh, but anyway, I didn't really have too many big thoughts on the acting as far as, uh, Sue Ruler went. It just didn't sound that good. Jamal? Uh, Wraith? Meh. Steel Ruler? She was okay. Like, at the beginning, it was a little hard to tell, but I found it okay. To me, it kind of had notes of Trina Nishima, but even then, that's kind of a stretch. It, but only because there were no lip flaps to worry about. So, she could take it in any way she, they told her to, so. Yeah. That, of these two, pretty much, Steel Ruler is my only standout. Uh, Hardy? Okay, Wraith is a total children's show villain. Played completely snidely whiplash, generic, you know, the darkness approaches. <laughs> that's, an ish, that's an insult to children's shows, man. <laughs> yes. No, but it's, it's just, it's so goofy, I cannot take it seriously. How he keeps going on, and, and the dialogue definitely does not help at all. He just... It, it's it's so incredibly goofy. I'm looking at this guy going like, try hard much? It's like he's trying. <laughs> he's the hot topic of Marvel villains. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I, I could not take it seriously. And I'm going to say something rather controversial about Steel Ruler. Oh, boy. Um, to the actress, please don't take this the wrong way. I do not mean this in any sort of um, uh, insulting way, but she kind of sounds like an actress from a hentai dub. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of actresses sort of going for that um, low, you know, deep seductive type of voice but doesn't really have the acting chops to really you know stand out and so it's like just a line read from a page uh, yeah it, it kind of sounds like that minus all the moaning and screaming and stuff like that uh, but that's sort of the um the take i got from it no offense to the actress in question but yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of and i've seen my fair fair share of hentai to know so. <laughs> not that i would ever watch that sort of stuff no i know of actors actors and actresses who have been in hentai that you would never believe guys yes, okay okay we all okay we all know i mean i know one in particular who you would not okay who you would kind of but it's yeah. sort of weird mm. Anyways, what, that's that's what I have to like say. A chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like you're trying to lay an enormous egg. Oh, hey, can we I'm can sorry. we please not mention that? Hey. Okay. Hey, hey, hey sorry. Roots. I'm sorry, that was bad joke. Hey Roots. What's up, Hardy? Hey Roots. What is uh, White Snake's seventh album? 
<laughs> Slide it in. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to put that one in there. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. We got that out of our system. We got it out of our system. So. Okay. Whew. All right. So, I kind of dug what they were trying to go for for Wraith. Because <clears throat> it, it kind of... It kind of sounded to me like they were trying to go for, like, a Werner Herzog kind of... The penguins march slowly toward their deaths. <laughs> the leopard seals circle. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Like, his, his nature documentaries kind of gone dark. But I, I kind of dug it, but it was incredibly out of place. Incredibly. Even... Even for a show that kind of took its its villains into kind of ridiculous cliches, it felt really out of place. And honestly, uh, the voice itself was <clears throat> was not awful. And and the same goes for uh, Yasmina Shaw as Steel Ruler. Like, if they went on to do other anime roles at another studio in California, I would be 100% okay with that. Yeah. Because I think with better direction, the both of them might have gotten a better performance out of their roles. And I think that's that's basically the case that's so far, and probably a few other, few other roles coming up. Yeah. It's not as much the fault of the actor as the direction. Mm -hmm. The direction of the reflection. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So who's next? All right. So moving on, we're starting to get into the good guys. Um, Michael Holden was a uh, was somebody. He's a blind man able to detect reflected, and he basically in New Orleans he basically rounds them up in the attempt to shelter them from the people who don't understand him and also in this little block of characters that we're going through next uh, is his wife Viley v. V. Oh, v. Yeah, v. v I'm yeah. sorry she was basically infected with the uh, sort of the evil version of the, the reflected event there's like a light and a smoke and she got hit with the smoke it turned her into like a rock metal thing <clears throat> hey sort of like Marvel's The Thing yeah. in other words we got not Gambit and not Colossus certainly not Gambit and you stole my joke you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> alright so uh, playing Michael Holden we have Arthur Romeo and playing V, we have Saki Miyata. So, um, Arthur Romeo has been in a couple roles in live-action shows and movies, as has, uh, as has Saki Miyata. Wait. Actually... Oh, wait, really? Yeah, yeah, it's... it's. Yeah. I, I made sure this was the English version. Okay, that was a surprise. The whole live action credits thing. That's all. Yeah, like they're um yeah. Un unfortunately, I didn't have time to na to write down notable ones 
Well, they weren't notable so, movies to begin with. Uh, okay. All right, uh, so... So, Jet, why don't you start us off? <sighs> okay, all right. Uh, so as far as uh, offer as Michael goes, like, okay, I'm going to be as blunt as possible here, like... Okay, so the okay, so we've already said it's like this is not a good, uh, but that's like some pretty questionable direction. Uh, acting can acting is pretty spotty, but even that, but even with all that considered, I gotta be honest, this was easily the worst performance out of this entire dub. I'm sorry, it was like really, really awful. Like, it's, it's, okay, his acting sounded incredibly like just incredibly stilted, like almost unbelievably so. And then on top of that, he tried to do, like, a really weird Cajun accent, and it just does not work. It does not sound believable. It sounds really distracting. It's not like, and almost every time this guy spoke, it, like, took me out of the show. Uh, as far as V goes, like... Okay, honestly, she didn't really have to speak much, so she really kind of did was grunting, so I guess Sake did okay on that end. And, like, the one or two times he did speak, she sounded okay, and I get this is as confident as any as you can get with the stuff. Uh, so I didn't have too many deep thoughts on her, but, like, as far as offer is, uh, <laughs> as Michael goes, that was just, it was awful. I'm sorry. Uh, v gets kind of a pass, because we don't really hear her talk much. Whatever grunty we do here, it's okay. As for for yourself, like I said, whatever we, whenever we hear her talk, which is not often... It's okay. Uh, as for Michael, oh good god, uh, where do I begin? Well, let's start off by saying this: it's not just his accent, but almost every Cajun accent when you meet them in the New Orleans episode. No, uh, every single one would make Felicia Andre cry. Let's put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah, man. I remember one live the dicker was really like, "Have you heard of never connected type of people?" <laughs> I swear, I've heard better. I've heard better Cajun accent in a Zatarans commercial. <laughs> the, o the only decent Cajun person was the barman at the beginning. Even then, that's kind of pushing it. So, for what I can remember, because I'm pretty much trying to forget. Yeah, I'm not feeling that accent. Then the performance itself is. It's only okay because of that accent, but anything, everything else is just no. Party. When you, I'm gonna actually kind of disagree with Jet a bit. I don't think it was the single worst performance in the show, because the worst performances are not the main cast itself. It's all the background and secondary characters, and it's not just the Cajun accents. It's all the accents that they try the country accents that maggie has in another episode is just awful um i believe we have bad cajun accents we have bad country accents what else do we have uh i think uh, <laughs> a bad black guy accent yeah that guy if um, that was a black guy that yeah. played him i'd be easily offended yeah, yeah. but i mean it's just and it's not just annoying, it's almost borderline racist in some of these depictions. You know, I, I, I just, it, it, none of the accents are good. Any of the characters that try them just are not good at them. And, and this, this replies both to, to Arthur's performance as Michael and all the other background and secondary characters around as well. Um, 
so yeah, it's it was not a good performance, and I think that if they were going to attempt an accent, they should have got an actor who is more thoroughly. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I mean, you can at least get proficient. Who's actually, actually from Louisiana? Yeah, yeah exactly. like Felicia Andrew. Yeah, and I have to agree with V. Is that she doesn't have enough lines to really judge her performance and the few times that she did speak i i was not very impressed um so i don't know what ethnicity the character even is if she is japanese or not but i just saki miata definitely had a very heavy japanese accent to her so because we were never told what who uh if if v is asian or not we don't know what ethnicity she is so it's just, it, it, you know, that's it's just a disappointing, disappointing dub and performance all around. To be perfectly honest, mm. yeah. But the accents in this show, they definite work. So, um, I had a lot of problems with the Cajun accents. Just about every. Like, like, Hardy, I, I had problems with, like, every accent the show tried. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say they were borderline offensive, but they just weren't really done all that well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it doesn't really help that Michael's lines were really stilted. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of the, of the ch- main characters, his... He was probably the worst when it came to the choppy dialogue. And I, I really can't say much for V, because she doesn't really get a lot of lines, and what she does get is basically grunts. So, I mean, what can you do? Alright, so, um, moving on, we have Lisa Livingston, who, uh, another one of the, the main good guys. She's wheelchair bound and her wheelchair can turn into a giant robot. And not just like a Gundam robot, like an like a uh, a toy robot. Yeah, it It's basically a giant walking toy robot. And the other character we will be discussing is um Ian Izet, a famous musician who in the event of the reflection ended up gaining a power that turned his voice into a destructive concussive blast, meaning he can no longer sing. So with not Professor X and not Iron Man mixed with not Black Canary. So he builds himself a mechanical suit to turn himself into the superhero eye guy. I standing for iron. <laughs> uh, so Lisa Livingston is played by Taylor Sindel. And iGuy is played by James Kirby. Uh, and according to IMDb, neither of these actors have any other listed acting credits. So, Jet, why don't you start us off? Okay, and so as far as, like, uh, Tyler to now go to the Lisa. Okay, uh, she was one of the few performances of this that I was actually, like, pretty okay with. Like, she didn't sound good, like, particularly good, but I thought, like, okay, we're from... With like proper directions, she probably would have sounded fine. And like as far and her voice actually reminded me a little bit of Maxie Whitehead. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. Like that kind of like high pitched, kind of like really hyperactive kind of voice. 
So, so I felt like with some proper direction, she would probably be pretty okay. Like, I wouldn't mind hearing her again or something. Um, and then as far as Matt Murray goes... Oh, uh, again, uh, James Kirby. Kirby. I'm sorry. Okay, oh, sorry, James Kirby, my bad. Okay, uh, so as far as James Kirby goes, it's, it's another, like, character doing an accent. And we've already kind of established the accents in this show aren't very good. I mean, his, I mean, he sounded like okay, not like particularly great, but he was like tolerable at least. I mean, I mean, like maybe without the accent, it might have sounded a little bit better. I kind of don't really get why the character had an accent to begin with. Like he didn't seem like he was really supposed to be bored or anything, so it just kind of seemed distracting. Uh, but he was like okay, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't have, like, as much problems with these two as I did with everyone else. So, I guess that's, uh, pretty alright. Uh, Jamal? Uh, for me, uh, Talia, she sounded a little too excitable at times, and she sounded like she had trouble emoting properly. Like, there were times that her voice would go high, her t- there'd be times her voice would go low. There was never really a time that her voice was just right and, until she got... The anger the Exxon, but even then, it's like, I don't know. This is going back to what I said earlier with the uh, idols. They set the kind of set the bar because when you hear them talk, they're kind of talking fluidly, whereas here with Lisa, it's kind of staggered. I do sense a good voice in her, but it just needs a better direction. As for Igag, Iron Man called and he wants his performance back. Seriously, you cannot tell me that doesn't remind you of Iron Man. Oh no, absolutely. Down to the alcoholism. Exactly. Took those words right out of my mouth. And even then, it's a stretch with the accent because I think he is supposed to be a foreigner, but I'm I'm too bothered. I don't want to go back and check. He's British. Yeah. Even then, that's kind of insult to British people, because my brother and sister are British, and I know what a British accent sounds like. And, and that's just really awkward, like, ugh. But, but when he does kind of turn around and take things serious, he, do, he do, may taking things a little too seriously. But even then, he somehow managed to get it right. But again, that's because... When he's in the suit, he doesn't have a lip flaps to match, so I guess, I don't know, they gave him the rain to go all out, I guess, if he wanted to. And all out, he did go on the, uh, the bat guy. That was a massacre. Party? Yes, it was. In my opinion, um, Lisa just sounds annoying to me. Just, I think the actress has potential. But this just was not a very good performance. And every time Lisa spoke, I just felt myself sort of just getting annoyed because it, it just irritated me. And so no digs at the actress here. If I think that there is they think there is talent there potentially, but just the directing just does her no favors. And honestly, Ian was one of the performances that I didn't mind as much as a lot of people do. It's definitely not the best accent in the world, but nothing about Ian's performance really got on my nerves. 
So I think, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, he was one of the better ones, in my own personal opinion. And if you think about it, that can be kind of attributed to when he's in the suit, right? Right. Because, again, there are no lip flaps to match, so he could take it any direction he wanted to, as long as it's the right direction. Mm-hmm. So remember when I said back in the uh, the director and scriptwriter section that there were particular characters I had a problem with the writing for? Oh yeah, Lisa is that particular character, and I do not blame you one bit. It's I don't know if it's the fault of the show itself or or the script writing for the dub, but it. I don't know. It just seemed a bit patronizing. They they do a lot of those '90s, uh, like I don't know how to describe it. Uh, like the like an after like a PSA type of thing, like an after school special character. Mm. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. I I gotta hear it going with that now. Like she, like she's what it comes up with, like the whole like superhero name and all of that stuff. So yeah, I can see that. Well. I mean, they also, also in the sense of, she is, she's wheelchair bound, and, and they're, I don't know what it is, but it's really patronizing about that. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I gotta do it with that. Because it, it's supposed to be sort of the endearing, oh, I'm, I'm not disabled, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm handy able, like, like one of you know, like a 90s after-school special. Right. And it, it just... I don't know. I'm I'm not physically disabled, so I can't tell you for sure, but it... I don't know. It just seems a little... Insulting? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, God. There was something else. Oh! Her dad! Yeah. Yeah. Like, not only was that one of the worst performances of the show, mm. he, uh, he kind of uses a no-no word in regards to his daughter. Oh, uh, is it start with a letter D, cause... Uh, no, I, I believe the letter C. Oh, that word, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna mention that word on the air. Yeah, cause... Her whole story arc, again, plays out like, like a '90s after-school special. It, it's I guess it's supposed to feel endearing, but it really doesn't. But um, moving on to I Guy, I have to agree with Hardy that his performance is one of the less egregious. You know, as with uh, Taylor Sindel, I can. Um, I could kind of see both of them end up going into more anime or game voice acting. And I really hope they do. Hopefully with better direction. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's one of the less egregious performances. Until he starts talking about Sky Show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and even then, that, that whole scene where he just go Was it a club or something he went up into? Yeah, where he's, he, yeah, he's he's just like absolutely wasted. And he goes up on stage <laughs> and starts demanding to play Sky Show, to which I had to cover my eyes because I could not bear to watch. I don't like scenes like that where people go up on stage and look like they're potentially going to embarrass themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is hard to watch. Yeah. That's always at Very all. hard to watch. Yeah. But moving on, we have the first of our two leads, uh, Eleanor Everts. Uh, she is a reflected, able to teleport. She's basically the driving force to figuring out the identity of Wraith and trying to find a bunch of a uh, bunch of missing women, <clears throat> whom are kind of kind of big to the plot and spoilery. So I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not gonna say their exact role. She's not Nightcrawler. That's what I was trying to figure <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, there we go. But um, she's she's kind of the counterpart to the the other main character that we'll get to in a sec, uh, Exxon. But um, Eleanor Everts is played by Aviva Pressman. Uh, she has only one other acting role to her name, according to IMDb. Uh, the younger version of another character in a movie. <clears throat> I uh. Interwoven, that was the name of the name of the movie. Uh, so, Jet, what is your opinion on Eleanor? Okay, yeah, so she was another one of the performances I thought sounded, like, pretty tolerable, not, like, not, like, particularly good, but I mean, like, tolerable. Uh, so, uh, so, I mean, like, she, I mean, like, she had trouble moving in a few instances, but... As a, as a, I mean, but I could, like, kind of buy into the character. I mean, like, the character wasn't, like, particularly endearing, but I thought the... Okay, but I thought her story was kind of interesting up until the last, like, two episodes where it got really, really weird for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, but anyway, like, I thought she sounded okay. Like, again, with better voice direction, she might be able to do something better in future shows, but... After I actually went here, she was just kind of like, okay. Hmm. Uh, Jamal? I kind of have to agree with Jet. It's one of the lesser egregious performances for me, that that's because she has pretty much a majority of the dialogue compared to the others. But with her, it's like, I hardly those lip flaps, and believe me, I was looking. The character design was kind of ideal for the voice, even though the animation I don't particularly like. But somehow it managed to make it work, and I like Jet said, with bad direction, she could be a better actress. But for what it's worth, it's, it's all right for the most part. There is potential there, but for right now, it's just it's all right. Uh, Hardy, I had basically the same thing, the same reaction that I had to Lisa's performance, although not as bad. Is that she? The, this performance kind of annoyed me, not so much as as Lisa's did, but I have to agree with everyone here. It's the direction is at fault and I could potentially see the actress doing a good job with better direction. Uh, one thing that really bothered me about Eleanor in particular were gasps. Every time she went, Oh, or, 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 and stuff like that, which she does a lot. It just sounds like, it doesn't sound natural whatsoever. It sounds like she. It sounds like speed racer gasps. Gasps. Like oh, <laughs> speed! I do not want you to run. Oh, oh, yeah, and and yeah, oh. So yeah, no, it's that was my biggest bone of contention with this performance was like the tiny little things that most people don't notice. It's just 
they just sound so very unnatural. And I think that is definitely something the actress would need to work on in another project. Was you got to gasp right. You have to learn how to breathe and gasp and be in shock and awe correctly. Or else it, the whole thing just falls apart. I, I do agree that she's one of the better performances of the show. She gets enough screen time and enough screen presence to uh, to kind of learn things on the fly. And uh, I would say I, do appreciate- I would say she gets better as the show goes on. I will agree to that. Yeah. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. But um, I, I do have to agree that a lot of the flaws seem to be on the side of the direction. As opposed to the the actor by herself. With a better director behind her, she could probably do a lot better with her uh, with her vocal control and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did, now that you mention it, I do have to agree. Her, her guests were kind of cartoonish. So, are you ready to move on? The big one, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the mysterious God, I is there like a Marvel character who can copy other Certainly what? not woke. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, okay. Okay, he seemed more like not Spider Man to me. Yeah. He he's Spider Man meets yes, Peter Petrelli. He's He's got the powers of Rogue, kind of the personality of an older Peter Parker. And the backstory of V from V for Vendetta, Exxon, where if he can touch you for like five seconds, he gains your powers. Mm-hmm. Not to More be confused with, not to be confused with the gas station company, <laughs> who has the tiger inside. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's just mobile now. So. Oh yeah. All right. So um, Exxon is actually played by a, a name you probably recognize. At this point, especially if you follow this show, mm-hmm. uh, Vic Mignogna. Oh wow, an actual voice actor. Clutch the pearls. Right. I'm so amazed. <laughs> so you would know Vic Mignogna as Edward Elric in Full Metal Alchemist, Ikaku Matarame in Bleach, Kurz Weber in Full Metal Panic, uh, Mendoza and Doma in the Goro franchise. And Kakaboon in Magi. Uh, Jet, why don't you begin? Okay, alright. So, I think it's pretty safe to say that out of, like, the English-speaking people, Vic was, frankly, the best actor in the show. Like, I mean, again, that's kind of a low bar here, but, like, he was the best actor in the show. Was that, like, he, like, he emoted where he needed to, he made the character sound believable, and he was... Okay, and he kind of got off the whole misery band routine pretty well. Okay, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest and say, like, this is not, like, one of Vic's best, better performances. Like, I've heard him do much better stuff. He clearly wasn't directed very well. Okay, but he was the, but he was certainly trying, and you can feel that. So, I guess that really sort of speaks to his level of talent, which is a really nice thing to be able to say about an actor when they can rise above questionable voice direction. Uh, but anyway, I but anyway, I liked the performance here fine, and I thought Exxon was a pretty interesting character. Again, the whole Mystery Man routine is a sort of hard thing to pull off right, but he did it pretty well. And yeah, I really kind of wanted to learn more about the character as we went on, and it's sort of a shame we don't learn more about the character, because 
like deal with weird writing problems. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Vic, <laughs> okay. But anyway, but anyway, Vic was fine. He was frankly the saving grace of this dub. Yeah, that's right. Vic is the saving grace of this stuff, but even then, that's kind of a stretch because not only does he display a bit of snark when it comes to dealing with Eleanor, but I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe because the other performances are kind of weak, that it kind of makes Vic stand out easier, or the fact that he had more experience on his side. But I think. Vic did a good job of what he was given, which was not much to say, to be honest. Although, yeah, there were some weird problems with his character, especially at the very end, because that whole bombshell he dropped, that made no sense to me. None whatsoever. No, no I, 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 thought it, I thought it, like, made some semblance of sense in regards to what his supposed backstory was supposed to be. I mean, we didn't get, like, in-depth with his backstory, mm-hmm. but... It was clear that he was like experimented on or something like that. So that kind of made sense from that perspective, but we needed to know more and we didn't right. learn more. So, yeah, if yeah. only we actually knew what the reflection was and how it was caused. Which apparently they were wanting to reveal that in a season two, but after this season, I'd, we'd, they'd be lucky if they made a season two. <laughs> it's definitely set up with a huge, huge cliffhanger at the end. And they deemed it the reflection wave one, but I mean after this sort of response that it's gotten, will we ever see Wave 2? I, I frankly that doubt it. That wave has crashed, Hardy. Yes. And, and speaking of cliffhangers, that whole scene with the Pyramid of Darkness, it, it reminded me of Pyramidus from Power Rangers CEO, and even, I swear, man, all these references they put in, it's like, they're not even trying anymore, but I'll get more into that with Final Thoughts, so let's just move on. Yeah, I have to, um, I have to say that... Vic is really the only well and truly performance, the only performance in this entire dub I would actually say is good. And I mean, even amongst other Vic Mignona roles, it's nothing special. But but yeah, and it also helps that his face is always covered so he doesn't have to worry about lip flaps at all. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, this goes to show how talented of an actor he really is to go into this project with subpar direction and still put out a very good performance for what it is. And um, it's not a re- it's not a good idea to base your entire dub off of one actor. It mm-hmm. really isn't. Yeah. And I think they tried mm-hmm. they tried to base this entire dub off of having Stanley and Vic Mignogna in it. And that was obviously a mistake. I mean, is Vic the only actual voice actor that they even targeted? I mean, did they spend all their money on getting those two in and then have no budget, so they had to rely on friends and and newcomers? I don't know. But, I mean, it's not a good idea to base your entire dub off of one actor. And I think that's yeah. what they did here, and it's the whole dub suffers for it. But as far as Vic is concerned, Vic came in, he did his job, he did it well, and I hopefully he got some made some good money off of it. So for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I really have to agree with Hardy here. Um, Vic did a good job, but at the same time, you know. <sighs> when the rest of the dub really wasn't all that well directed, when the performances were 
more or less subpar. <clears throat> it, it wasn't a really high bar to set. Actually, uh, no. It would have been more or less a monumental bar. Wow, what am I talking about? Um, in any case, yeah. Though that's though the point said about uh, putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, even Funimation isn't really immune to that. I mean, that was yeah. Vic Mignogna was the entire advertising basis for both Level E and Carnival. Oh yeah, I remember the Level E one very vividly. That was yeah. <laughs> Car Carnival was split between J, J. Michael Tatum and Vic right, Mignogna. Right. Yeah, and that's not even getting into how free yeah. worked. Yeah. The and Bondi was guilty of it too when um, they based the dub for uh, Ghost Slayer's Ayashi uh, completely around Steve Bloom. But at least that dub had a very good um, supporting cast behind it. So. Right. Yeah, I, I get the feeling if and when Funimation releases this on Blu ray and DVD that the. Uh, Oh, this has Vic Mignogna in it. Will probably be one of the major selling points they try to convey. Yeah, Vic Mignogna and yeah, Stan I, Lee. I, uh, and Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah, I'm honestly kind of wondering how the disc rights for this show are going to work. Yeah, because the way things look, I would say wait for the home video release to stream. But then you see the credits; it looks like it might as well be the home release. Like mm. what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows, but, because, <clears throat> um, yeah, Crunchyroll's on the production committee, so it will be more than likely be Funimation putting it out on Blu-ray when the time comes. Uh, you'll say that, but I'll bring that up in, later on. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you say that, but it have, like, power to tape in, so I don't know if that's going to, like, make things weird or not. Well, you never know. Wait, is power still, is pa is power still partially over by No. Um, okay, thank their, God. their stake in POW, I guess, was bought out by, like, some Chinese conglomerate. Okay, 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 thank God. And, uh, like, it would have said that this was another hero band. Well, at least this got a dub, though. Exactly. Um, For better or worse. I digress. Uh, yeah, uh, we yeah. should probably move on to final thoughts. So, Jet, final thoughts. Okay, uh, so, again, for, like, the 10 billionth time, this was not a very good dub. The, the direction was, like, very subpar. And, so, and, and the acting ranged from okay to just, like, really awful. So, as far as that goes, this was a pretty shoddy product. As far as the actual show goes, like, I mean, for what it was, I thought it was kind of interesting, like... I mean, it's a pretty generic superhero thing. I mean, it doesn't go into like too many interesting directions. So, I mean, I mean, but hey, I like the X Men, so like I thought when it was like mimicking the old X Men thing was interesting. Uh, but those last two episodes are just no. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess next up would be Hardy. Yeah. Um. I have very very conflicting opinions about not only this dub but about the entire show itself 
even at the end of the day, I gave this show every chance I could give it. Week after week after week, saying, hey, maybe, maybe it'll turn around, maybe it'll impress me. And it never did. And yet, at the same time, I still hesitate to say that it is a bad show because, like I mentioned earlier, if this had been released, I, I don't think it's a bad show. It just had the misfortune of being released in the wrong decade. Yeah. If this had been put out 20 years ago, back on 1997, uh, on MTV, back when shows like Aeon Flux or The Max or even Spawn were airing like that, it would not have been a big hit. It still wouldn't have been a hit, but it would have been better received and might have even become a cult classic. Because it very, very closely resembles the adult animation of that time period. Yeah. The, but the problem is, it's not 1997 anymore. It's 2017. Who even is the target audience for this thing? Why was it even made? I don't... It doesn't appeal to comic book fans. It doesn't really appeal to anime fans. I mean... Who did they make this show for? I'll tell you exactly who they made it for. It was it was Stanley. And it, it's it, like like yeah, it was um this was Stanley's equivalent of Neo Yokio. Yeah, the target audience for Neo Yokio is basically Jude, Jaden Smith. This is basically Stanley's version of that. Uh, it's just I don't even understand what purpose this show has, and considering the levels of hype that. Crunchyroll put into it and the fact that it had Stan Lee was involved and there's this big hoorah, you know, you know, this is going to be big. This is going to be one of the bigger shows. The fact that they put so little effort into the dub otherwise, I'll say this. I have never, I have not been this disappointed with a heavily hyped project since Dimension W. Ooh. Yeah. And it's funny, I was literally yeah. And Dimension W at the very least had a good dub for what it was. I mean, casting choices aside, Dimension W's dub was listenable. This does not. This is not. It just my whole thing is this is not when it comes to this show. I don't understand why it was made. I don't understand who it appeals to. I I just don't. And, you know, the whole experience, more than anything, has left me not really mad, not really, you know, I still hesitate to say that the show entirely sucks. But, I mean, I have not been this disappointed in a show for a long time. And that's what I have to say about it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's incredibly reasonable. Uh, Jamal, you wanted to be safe for last. Yes. Well, this comes at great personal disappointment to me because for those that don't know, I've been a Marvel fan. I've been a fan of their products since long I can remember, since elementary school. Since 1996, maybe. So whenever I see a Marvel-based project, you know, I always go into it. I just put my mind at ease. I wait to give it a chance and I see what I think. So when I heard that Funimation had the license for this show, 
I thought to myself, not really gonna think anything of it. It looks, it looks, it does look kind of original, and maybe you know that that will be good. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, oh my god. I mean, where do I begin? Well, for one thing, the show does look like it came from late nineties MTV generation. It's like. Dahlia, if you didn't have, if you did not have solid line art, you just all pencil art and stuff. The animation was disappointing. Uh, the action was disappointing, and the plot was disappointing to the point that nothing seemed original anymore. I could recognize so many Marvel references that it just kind of infuriated me to no beginning. I mean, to no end. And. Uh, uh, and as such, I thought to myself, it, I was hoping that maybe that would be better than, what, than it was worth. Before I even started trying to predict like, who would be in this show or anything, I get, I get a note from Roots telling me that it's nobody anybody recognizes in the cast. And I'm just in shock. So when I started watching this show, I started watching episode one, and episode one was, the action was kind of okay, but everything else was so boring that I literally fell asleep. And when I did, mm. when I did gain consciousness, I tried, I so tried to make an effort to watch this show, but I could not just be bothered. As a matter of fact, this show came out. Around Thursdays at 4 with two other shows, uh, Convenience Store Boyfriends and something else, I can't remember what. And if you ask me every time which show would I pick to watch on that day, it would be Convenience Store Boyfriends. I think Kronos Ruler was the other one. Uh, well, you see, there's a very low bar there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even... <laughs> But but, uh, but even okay. then, I if you're listening to this, you're just probably asking yourself, well, you know, you could have just backed out of this episode, why didn't you? And I wanted to, but then there was a mantra. If something needs to be said, it needs to be said. So I made a conscious effort to sit down and watch the dub, and I was disappointed. Like... This is not something like Dimension W where Fundamation was just on the production committee. You have two, well I'd say two, but it's one huge company and one recognized anime studio, Studio Dean. Which, for they were once known for doing Fruits Basket and now all they're known for is doing Hitalia and First Love Monster. To which, don't ever check out First Love Monster. I don't care who you are. So, I pretty much was like, Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. I had no expectations going into this. Even then, I was let down. There's a lot of inexperience here, and it really shows. Like, from directors to the writer, who happened to be the same person, to a fresh new cast with only one recognizable actor. And even then, that was kind of subpar because of the way they recorded. Look, look, listen. Here's the thing about animation, okay? In Japan, how they do it, they have one to two people or more in the same studio recording over the storyboard, an animated storyboard, a well-colored storyboard only to get a feel for the scene and act as it's supposed to be in the script. 
when we get the scenes over here, we replace the dialogue with the English dialogue trying to match the lip flaps as carefully as we can. In Western animation, they do the same thing that the Japanese do, but for local cartoons. Prelay. Prelay, yes. Mm -hmm. So when you try to take the Japanese process to do an anime, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. And that's another thing, too. How would you have Trevor Horn and his wife in this show? I'm not sure if they were completely featured in the Japanese sub, but how do you dub yourself and you make yourself sound awkward? Explain that to me. Mm. Well, to be fair, Trevor Horn's not really an actor, but... Uh... But even then, you know, again, the inexperienced shows, because, you know... Mm -hmm. You have to be trained up as an actor. And that's another thing, too, especially for people who try to become voice actors. Public service announcement. You can't have voice acting without acting. Mm-hmm. Hear, hear. Yes, and if you don't have enough acting experience, do not try to go into voice acting just yet. Because, look, it kind of shows you. And as Hardy said before sometimes, because who knows, probably a few of these people were stage actors. And he, as I, he said before, you can't exchange stage acting for voice acting. Because in stage acting, you have to sound out every syllable like this. Mm -hmm. And it does not always work. Get through your heads. It does not always work. So, like I said, even with zero expectations, I was let down even more. But every disappointment is a blessing. I can at least say, maybe with a few of the actors, if they had better direction, if the act, if the directors and writers were trained in this kind of thing, the actors could have better skill, have better experience with the dub, but as it stands, it is not a solid product. And that's another thing, too. Uh, where was I going with this? Yes. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's probably one of Power Studios, but you have to be experienced in something like this to dub a project like this so that it is actually worth the hype like this. If you were not trained in ADR directing for anime, you, and you would try exchange for, the, for like ADR direction in voice gaming, in video gaming, in RPGs, in visual novels, that kind of thing, it never translates. Each process is different. Mm -hmm. I, if this had not been a simuldub, if they had, I mean, I can understand, it was probably done on a constraint that they're not familiar with. So, if they had more time and it was a home release, maybe the dub could turn out better than it was. But as it stands, I'm just... I'm just disappointed. I'm I'm let down as a Marvel fan, let down as a Stanley fan. I mean, hell, they could have taken notes, not just the animation, but they Dean could have taken notes from Studio Madhouse, who did the Marvel animes for what four years ago or so. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And even then, there were some actors who were not familiar with anime who had better direction than what we see here. Well, I still have to make the argument that what my, uh, Milo Ventimiglia or whatever his name is was a pretty yeah. shitty Wolverine. He was, but you know, at least it was still better than what we heard here. You know, true, true. Yeah, because he, 
Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, and like, in, okay, yeah, and then fairness, the ADR director was the head of the studio, mm -hmm. was, so you see, yeah. there goes my point. You just proved my point, Jet. So, if you ask me, like, which of these shows I would pick to watch, like, if it was like Convenience Store Boyfriends or Hell Dimension W, I'd pick the former over this show. But you know, there's a diamond in the rough somewhere in this show, and. That's all I pretty much have to say. I mean, some of the actors did a good job with what they were given, some of the actors didn't, but you know, that doesn't mean you're, you're a bad actor in general, you just had a few missteps along the way. And that's all they have to say. Okay, uh, I just had one, like, I just had, like, one final note to say on that, on your little rant there as well. And because it's interesting you brought up that this shit was just kind of like a weird, awkward mash of Marvel cliches, because something immediately came to mind me, because you know what's in anime that is a good mash of Marvel cliches that need to know. Hero Man. Go watch Hero Man. That is all I have. I will say this about the show, and I think we can all pretty much agree on this. The music was good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The well, music yeah. was actually pretty good. You know, Trevor Horn did a good job. Yeah. Just not at cameoing, just not at, not necessarily at acting, but, but, uh, but yeah, he did a good job with the music. Sky Show was really catchy. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to hear Sky Show yeah. again, but <laughs> that's one of the reasons I stopped listening to the radio because they tend to overplay a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. All right. So largely, <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you guys said, but I do have one thing I'd like to add. Uh, this is probably God. Is this the first time Dub Talk has really done a post mortem? On a on an anime dub, like I think the closest we've come was Berserk. Uh, uh yeah, but I think everyone had a, like actually sat through on Berserk. I think it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I got something kind of harsh to say. Harsher than what I had to say. <laughs> Probably roughly around. I want POW Entertainment to continue trying. <clears throat> To, to create, you know, anime, cartoons, whatever they want to do. I, I want them to continue creating. Stanley is a very creative force. Now that said, if they were to continue in the realm of anime, they need to hire voice direction staff who knows what they're doing. Or, you know, just get an actual right. studio. Or get, well, I was about to go there. Your your options would be, one, outsource the material to another studio. Which, I mean, Funimation picked this up. But you could give it to them. Yeah. They know or, what they're or doing. You, or, you know, you could call up BangZoom. Or BangZoom. Yeah. Or Studiopolis. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about Studiopolis, but uh, 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 okay, Studiopolis is pretty expensive, so like I can that, that well, true, but they're inexpensive. <laughs> or option B, if you wanted to keep this in house, hire a director who knows what they're doing, especially it's, in regards to like, simuldubs. Uh, yes, you know what's funny? They could have hired Vic Mignano as a director. Yeah, because Junie yeah, Tyson's actually pretty good. <laughs> he's directed this season. pretty good. They should have hired Vic Mignano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and why, yeah, get better animation. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna go there because that's that's not why we're doing the episode. But that is true. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. And then, God, I had an option C, but I don't remember it now. Throw the but whole it, thing out because it's a bad show. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, reflection wasn't all that great, but you know, I digress. Yes. If you improve the technical side of your dubs, you're going to get performances out of the actors, even if they're newer. Oh, oh, that's actually what I wanted to say. Um, get more actors who know how to act in anime. Who know how to act in cartoons. I mean, getting new people is great. That is, that is one of the saving graces of Seven Mortal Sins. That is something I really liked from Kato. Okay, uh, actually, now that you're bringing it up, what happened with this dub is kind of entertaining with that sense. Because, I mean, is that because if this was done in some remote location or whatever, that would be one thing. But this was recorded in California. Right. There are dozens of freelance actors, in, though hundreds of freelance actors in California. It would not, like, even if you didn't want to go to an actual city to do this, it wouldn't be that hard to hire some actual voice actors. Exactly. Well, I've, I've more or less said my piece. Um, if for some reason you wanted to watch Stan Lee's The Reflection Wave 1, uh, you can find it subtitled on Crunchyroll. Uh, seven bucks a month, I believe. And uh, if you wanted to watch the dub, that is available on Funimation.com. That is $6 a month. You get a free two-week trial. Just bear in mind, if you're not interested in continuing it, you better cancel that, like, ASAP, or you will be charged. And uh, there's also the option of Verve, which is a channel-based subscription service. You can get both Crunchyroll and Funimation for 10 bucks, in addition to some other channels with additional content. And I believe that is our streaming plug. Um, should probably also throw a disclosure in there that none of those three companies actually endorse us. We're just... I'm not endorsed, yeah. but I like the product. Yeah. Ding! Yeah, if, if we were being endorsed, we did a pretty good job. Because yeah. we would never sell out to our fans <laughs> while I hold up my piece of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, Jet, where can we find you on the interwebs? Okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DivineNega or on my blog, Animation Infinity, where I might occasionally write things. I also sometimes do reviews with Bandit Pose. I'm not doing anything this season. Uh, Jamal? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jamstar529, on YouTube at Jamstar1. I'm also an assistant editor with the podcast. And uh, if you see jokes in certain dub talk videos, that's me. Hardy? Well, you can find me on Twitter, at Spaceman Hardy. I don't really produce anything, but uh, but I do a lot of stupid stuff and ranting on my Twitter. I'm also one of the f uh, four... Uh, forum moderators over at the Funimation.com forums, and I'm also a moderator on the Discord for Funimation. So if you uh, want to come by either the Discord or the forums, come say hi, and we'll have a great time. Okay, and you can find me on the Twitter.com at Justice. I mostly just retweet pug pictures, wear a nice, comfy tinfoil hat from time to time. It's a general good time. Mm-hmm. 
And I gotta mention that blog that I'll someday do something with. Like, I'm really looking forward to the episode where you actually do have, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, my blog actually exists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it exists, yeah. but I just haven't done anything with it yet. Okay, so, from the Dub Top Podcast, we all... We wish you a good night and otaku on. And remember, my everyone, if you want, to, and remember, everyone, if you want a good sanely anime, watch Hero Man. That's all. <laughs> watch Hero Man. <laughs> yes. That's right. Or the Marvel anime. Well, just X, the Marvel <laughs> X Men, rather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the others are pretty Actually, shitty. Blade was kind of good too. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Excelsior. <laughs>